Thanks for tuning in to That Okay Show. We've got Ryan Freeman back in the studio. We're here to talk about wrestling today. No ifs, ands, or buts, man. And he was on the show earlier, and he's talking about him chasing his dream of becoming a wrestler, and I think that's so cool. And the fact that AEW is giving him the chance to do that is something that definitely needs brought up and talked about. And Man, I don't know. First question of the day, like, all-time favorite wrestler. Oh, God. That's, I'm going to have to say Eddie Guerrero. Dude, what a, yeah. Yeah, I loved Eddie Guerrero. I, I remember 2005, he died. The next day I found out about it when I was going to school, and I just bawled my eyes out. Yeah, Eddie, uh, <clears throat> sad deal, dude. He was the he was the man. Yeah. That All those guys. In, yeah, that time period was just something. Mm-hmm. What 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 brought you to Eddie so much? Yeah, I always liked him. Like I remember the first ever wrestling show I ever went to was a SmackDown show, and I think it may have been a live. I'm pretty sure it was a live show, but it was when like when I say live, I mean like uh, that's what they call the house shows. Like it's not SmackDown or Raw. It was just a it was just something where a bunch of the wrestlers came in and has had fun with the locals. But anyway. Um, he was the champ at the time, and that was the only WWE championship reign he ever had. And uh, I remember after the show, he came into the crowd and was running through high five and everybody. My cousin, her name is Sarah, she got to high five him. I got knocked out of the way by this middle aged woman, it was big old girl, who just knocked me out of the way. So I never got to touch his hand, and I'll never forget that. But I just loved him. I thought he was great, hilarious, just buff, so cool. He was. He was the total package for wrestling, man. And they, they were. They had their own facade and like. You hear them car horns, man. You knew yeah. you knew that was coming in. <laughs> the rider. Oh, they were they were ultimate. I haven't thought about Eddie in a while, man. He's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm, you know, I'm trying to build connections. Like I'm really networking in wrestling now, and I have tried getting close to Chavo Guerrero for years. <laughs> like I'll randomly message him, he never responds. <laughs> like I'll, uh, I've, we've got mutual friends. My buddy who works at DDP Yoga, who uh, he he's an instructor there. He was on his podcast recently, and he knows him well. I'm like, dude, put me over a little bit. Get me, <laughs> get I mean, an introduction. Talk to Chavo, yeah, yeah, man. I is is he who you're trying to reach out to the most? You think? Um, who are you? Who do you aspire right now? I mean, really, I think okay. So currently, I really like a guy named Sammy Guevara. Uh, you can look him up on YouTube. He's got his own vlog he does each week, and he's just got a really good personality. Uh, He's, he's kind of a skinnier guy. I mean, he's got some muscle tone to him, but he, he doesn't look like the stereotypical giant jacked wrestler. He's, he's an athlete, athletic-looking guy. But, dude, he's hilarious. He's very active on social media, very active on YouTube. And uh, that's probably my guy that I'd really like to get in, get in contact with. I kind of I always kind of set little goals for myself. And one thing, like once I get going with AEW and I get to do extra dark matches and whatnot, I'd like to get to the point where I get to get on his, his vlog and be used in skits and stuff because – it's a great vlog. It's very popular. I watch it every Tuesday at noon. <laughs> every Tuesday at noon. Yeah, I'll have to check it out, man. Drops them. Um, what uh, what drew you into wrestling the most as a child? Like, I know for me, it was it was legitimately probably Stone Cold Steve Austin, like as just a one person. But the whole pizzazz of the whole thing, man, it was almost like a fake world that we were watching. Yeah. Mine was The Rock. Like, it, that's how it was for everybody. Is The Rock or a Stone Cold. Like, it's never going to be gold dust. Like, it, was, <laughs> it was always The Rock or Stone Cold. And uh, I I thought The Rock was just the coolest. I, I don't know what it was. Like, thinking back now, I just thought he was so cool. Like, I never thought it was like, you know, 
as a kid, you just you look up to people because they're so freaking cool. And like, I would, I, I distinctly remember this. I got in trouble. The reason I got grounded for years, couldn't watch wrestling anymore, is because I became so obsessed with The Rock. I don't know if my mom thought I was developing a crush or. Maybe I was performing moves on my sister or something. I don't know what it was, but she just she knew it was The Rock, and she knew I had to stop watching. But it's a, uh, it is it, it it's hard to describe what you're doing, but it, you're inspired so much by that person, and because what they're doing is so cool. I mean, they're you know they're in a fight, but it's a it's a it's, I don't know it's it's it's. Yeah, tough to describe, it's but so for a little kid, man, it's everything. I remember thinking as a child growing up that, man, I had to watch Raw on Monday nights. Had to, mm-hmm. I like had to watch it to figure out what was going to happen. And uh, the storylines are what really got us, because I mean, like it was. If you think about the action, like people can go watch UFC, but there's such a difference in like the fan story. base and story, like with UFC versus WWE or UFC versus wrestling, like. It's the storyline. You know, there's the Undertaker, and he's, we're kids, so he's, you know, hanging Stephanie McMahon from a cross and, like, all these things that happened. Burying people alive. Burying people alive. Mankind getting thrown off of a cell, like. That was intense, by the way. Anything Mankind did was, like, really off the charts. Cactus, Mm -hmm. dude, he, Mick Foley is a genius. Man, similar to him is Shane McMahon. Oh, dude, WrestleMania, the stunt at WrestleMania. Were you there? (laughs) No, I was not there, but. Yeah, I thirty-two. Hurt. Yeah, he jumped off the cell and went through a table. Tell me about it. At wait, just a second. Tell me about it. Okay, so <laughs> I remember I was there. It was WrestleMania thirty-two. Waited for like three hours to get into the building. Uh, they they kept postponing us from getting in for some reason. So uh, get in there and uh, he. I don't remember how he set him up, but he got the Undertaker set up on a table. Down, like a announce table and he climbed to the top of the cell and I was like I know something big is about to happen and I knew what was going to happen just because I have the, the mind of it and he gets up there and he jumps and what he's doing is he's going to do an elbow drop but uh, Undertaker moves and Shane goes through a table and a hell in the cell is about 20-25 feet in the air Huge. so just jump from the top of a giant cage to the ground below went through a table and just hit the ground and got up and finished the match. <laughs> it's like, that's tough. I'm like, you know he had to spend the night in the hospital after that. Man, going back and watching that, if your jaw doesn't drop, I don't know. Like, seeing him just leap off that. Mm-hmm. And every time Full he confidence, does a, man. He just... He always has to, like, try to outdo himself, too. Like, every time he's in a, in a Hell in a Cell match or just a big match, he is going to do something like that. Like, he had a match this year at WrestleMania, and I actually missed that match. It was a two-night event WrestleMania was this year, and I missed night one. So I did not see his match this year, but I heard that he had a high spot with Braun Strowman. Really? Yeah. Man, do you think... So in wrestling, is that... Do you think that was his own creativity just a little bit coming out of that? Uh, I think really what it comes to a Shane is that he had to differentiate himself from his dad and his sister. So... Even though he wasn't the traditional wrestler, he had to do these big outlandish things. That way, he would really stand out. He always did things that weren't uh, weren't expected or seen was, coming. He was yeah. so different, like from everybody else. He had his own style. Because at first, I remember him first coming at like being just Vince McMahon's son, and everybody was making fun of him, and, and you know what I mean. And they played it so well, man. It's so crazy how they just made their own little world happen mm-hmm. inside the arena every night. And that's what, I don't know, that's what really drew me to it, I guess, was the fact that they created their own little world. I never really, what was your favorite little faction? 
faction. Which, what do you think your favorite faction so, is? I'd have to say DX, but real oh man, I don't even know if it was DX because like when I started watching, DX was huge when I was grounded, like in the, the period that I couldn't watch. <laughs> DX, so was I missed all the good stuff with DX. I got to see them, you know, two thousand five whenever they came back G rated. So I would say that my favorite was Evolution, and Evolution was Triple H, Batista, Randy Orton, and Ric Flair. And I heard a funny story recently that uh, Randy Orton got in there because um, there was a guy named Mark Jindrak, and he was a uh, he was huge, like dude looked like a and uh, apparently he was supposed to wear a black suit or something and he wore a blue suit and they said go get on a black suit or whatever he's like okay let me run to the car real quick as soon as he ran to the car they replaced him with Randy Orton and put Randy Orton in there then Randy Orton that he was nobody at the time you know he's just Bob yeah. Orton's son then he just is successful and runs with it and now he's as big as John Cena so that the, one the him, legend killer. so Mark Jindrak not wearing the correct suit changed the history of wrestling forever that's crazy. The entire outcome because he didn't he wore blue instead of black. You know he's like that should have been me. <laughs> Never wear white after Labor Day. You yeah, know what you I know mean? What I'm like, <laughs> I mean, so so evolution, huh? Is Triple H is Triple H your kind of your dude? Well, not really. Like I I did like Triple H, but he was never like. See, he was always my, my least favorite in DX. Yeah. I was a Shawn Michaels dude. Yeah, I did like Shawn Michaels. Man, everything HBK, yes. uh, the Heartbreak Kid is a. He was cool, dude. Dude, he was great. Like, I've read his books. Like, I used to love the wrestling books. So, I remember I've read his, he has two books now, and I've read both of them. And, yeah, I always looked up to HBK. I almost went to his wrestling school. He, uh, when I was just getting started, I was looking up wrestling schools. And, um, <clears throat> originally, I wanted to go to Orlando. That's where uh, the Dudley boys were. And Ooh. I knew theirs would be a direct shot right into WWE. But, I didn't have a job there. I knew I could move there, but I couldn't last there. So, um... I was really trying to think what I could do. And my job just offered to move me to Texas. So I was like, all right, uh, Shawn Michaels Wrestling School's in San Antonio. I'm going to be working in Arlington, which is where the Cowboys play. Yeah. And I was like, that's not too bad. Maybe I can do that. I couldn't do that. My job wouldn't allow it. But I I was talking to him. I really wanted to go. I looked at going. I, I still i am friends with the trainer online on Facebook. And uh, it was I almost went to Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. That's where Daniel Bryan trained. Uh, Sammy Guevara trained there. I no, he didn't train there. He he may have done training there, but he didn't train there. There's there's a lot of people that went through that school. I don't know if there's anybody higher on the list as far as people still in wrestling because I don't think Stone Cold is still is he still in so, rest involved in wrestling? No, Stone Cold's like pretty much out of it. The only thing he does now is the Broken Skull sessions yeah. on Peacock. But Shawn Michaels is out of it too. Like he doesn't do anything storyline based. He doesn't wrestle. He did one wrestling match after his retirement. and He regrets it, but. Um, <laughs> He works with uh, people at the developmental at NXT. He's trying to help bring up the new talent. And, I mean, he's that's what I mean, guy. though. He's, he's still involved with it. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. You can tell that that man made his whole life. Mm-hmm. He, so, so tell me this. Do you think that, that uh, putting on that facade or that personality changed those people to be quote-unquote superstars in real life? Yes, like. 100%. Oh, yeah. To me, too. I think that Stone Cold Steve Austin, man, that little persona that he came up with has literally created a whole bunch of people in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really good people. Yeah. I mean, Stone Cold maybe not quite so good, Bush Light drinking, but you know, I mean, whatever. <laughs> but people like The Rock, like how you said you were obsessed with The Rock. Yeah. Man, he was clean cut, super cool. That was making kids be clean cut, super cool, he did in that shape. For our childhood. And then think of when we were in college. He was. You know, he was like the oh, mecca God. of bodybuilding. Like, you know, back in the 70s, 90s, they had Arnold. Now we have The Rock. Rock. 
And so I remember being in college, like all of us who were at the gym were like watching, do you watch the rocks YouTube video? Do you watch rock on Instagram? Do you see what he posted for a workout? And like all this stuff. We were obsessed with the rock. So he was, he did work on us as a kid and then as adults or young adults. Marketing geniuses. Yeah, very <laughs> much so. Have you tried his new uh, tequila? No, I have not. My buddy just bought a bottle the other night uh, here in town. Like he went and got some and he got it for his wife. I'm not really drinking that much nowadays, but um, Me too. Yeah, it hurts a lot more now. So uh, sure does. Anyway, his wife though, she is drinking. (laughs) She she has put away half of that liter of uh, Terramana tequila. It's the silver. It's good stuff. It's really pretty smooth. But um, yeah, I still don't drink that much anymore. I don't either, man. It's uh, it's good being a little childish. It's good talking about wrestling, dude. Yeah. So so uh, you said DX. Who was your favorite? HBK. Who was your but man, Billy Gunn, dude! What okay, a name! So yeah, we're talking X-Pac. DX. There's you got X Pac, you got Billy Gunn, you got China, you got Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Like, oh my god, that was a great little faction. I missed, I missed that whole era. Um, they did, and they, it was a little raunchy for television mm-hmm. at the beginning. Like you said, it was there was a G rated version though later on. But man, when they first came out, dude, that was, that was like nothing that'd been on TV. Yeah, that's that why I'd the Attitude ever. Era was so big. Like The Attitude Era. I was searching for that. people would come in every Monday. Like, so many millions. Now you're getting, like, 700,000 on a great night. Like, yeah. every single week consistently, there were millions of viewers. Now everything's changed. But I also think, like, you know, when we were kids, like, we watched TV. That was the thing we did. Nowadays, it's one of those, hey, I'm going to watch Netflix. Hey, I'm going to I'll watch it on YouTube kind of thing. So it's not instant streaming. I was thinking anymore. about that just today. I was watching a show about Nickelodeon, and it brought up, how kids used to tune in at specific times, like mm-hmm. how you said you tune into your friends. Yep. Uh, Tuesday show. Noon, yep. And we grew up with that kind of mindset, but now kids have it instant access. Yes, everything's instant access. Do you think that plays a big part in wrestling's ratings and and I really do. Like I've seen wrestling go down even just from the time I graduated college. I know when I was in college wrestling had a way bigger following. Mhm. Yeah. Just like five years ago, yeah. four or five I, years ago. Yes, definitely. And like, I feel like certain things have changed. That like, uh, Netflix is a big one. Netflix, I haven't even thought of that. That's yeah. Like, and then just storyline things. Like, you know, all of the people that we grew up with are retiring old, or they're man. old. Yeah, they're not really doing much. <laughs> so like, you know, it's a whole new crop of people, and it's just not the same as what as what it used to be. You got to build names. It's it's tough. It's crazy, man, to think about. Like, I don't know. Who uh who do you think the most ex- like explosive wrestlers to watch? Who who uh who's the biggest showman? The biggest? Oh man, <laughs> um, man, that's most electrifying. Just straight current day, straight out. Most oh God, there's a good good little list here. Sammy Guevara really is top one. Uh, there's the other guy named Ricky Starks. I really like him. I've got I worked with him at NWA, and he's with AEW now. Um, WWE, there's a guy named Finn Balor, and he was huge a couple years ago. He's kind of gone down a little bit, but uh, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, there's a, there's a good list of guys right now. Like it's really hard to just single it down. Do you think that? Uh, do you think that wrestling's still providing the the avenue for these people to get really wild? Like how you, how Shane McMahon jumped off the hell in a cell? Like are oh, things like that? Are still gonna hurt themselves on the trampoline in the backyard? <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. The Undertaker, 
Undertaker being done is a sad one for me. Yeah, that was hard. <laughs> That's a like, really hard one to take, man. Yeah, that was one of those ones you're like, wow, my childhood is yeah. really over. It's really done. Is that what, I mean, that's what I thought yeah. whenever I saw that. Like, there was that, and then whenever he lost the match at uh, WrestleMania 30 to Brock Lesnar, he lo- his streak was defeated, you know? That's been mentioned in the show, he man. In WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> Everybody knows that stat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the Undertaker's the dude in WrestleMania. That's just the way the world works, or I mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. And so everyone thought he would retire after that. And then he came back and did a few more matches. And, like, he had one match. It was a WrestleMania 30, like 33, I want to say it was. I think it was 33. And uh, he worked with Roman Reigns, and it was so bad. Like, he just had hip surgery not before that, or not too soon before that. And, like, he, he, I think he may have even got concussed. He also had a match with Goldberg where he got concussed a couple years ago. Or no, Goldberg got con- concussed. But that was like the worst Undertaker match ever was Undertaker versus Goldberg. Like, so you now have been, been in the ring and done some of this stuff. How do you, how do you think these guys do it at 40 and 38 years? Oh, you know what I mean? Man, I was just telling someone yesterday, like, they asked me what it's like to be 30. And I said, um... Well, now whenever you're at a table and you stand up to go to the restroom, it really hurts. Like, <laughs> my, my uh, the back pain is unreal. Um, the injuries, like I haven't, I'm very blessed. Like, knock on wood, I haven't in, been injured yet. Really, um, I've never broken any bones. I've never, I've dislocated a shoulder on the lake in Tahlequah, and Tahlequah, uh, a ten killer one time. That's like the worst injury I've had. But like a lot of the guys, like I was a guy I trained with. He was doing a baseball slide in the ring, just sliding underneath somebody's legs, and. Uh, caught his foot on the mat when he went to slide and tr- broke his ankle right there in training. And yeah, I'm like, very fortunate. The same thing. Only I've broken some bones in my hands, just like little bitty dumb breaks. But. We were told early on in training, like the only things that are certain in wrestling are like, I don't remember what the both were, but I remember injuries and surgeries were one of them. Like he said, you will have surgery on something at some point because of something that happens in this ring. And, uh, I haven't had too many bad ones. I've been hit plenty of times. I get punched in the face all the time because you get all that shit in, you know? Yeah. So, uh, just, this, just the other night, when you give somebody a back elbow, you kind of hit them with the back of your tricep. It's a meaty area. You're not going to – it's not a bone. Yeah, not the bone. It's a muscle, so you're going to – you're protected. I took a freaking – right to the face. And, like, I just put it – if you check out my YouTube channel, just search me on there. Uh, there is a, there's a spot in that match where I just – he. He did a little move, turned around, back elbowed me, and I ate it right in the nose. And I was like, did I break my nose or concuss myself? No, I'm good. All right, keep going. Man. So, just for the viewers, you really do. Yeah. It's, it's for real happening, yeah. huh? Yeah. I mean, there's like, nothing you can do. Just like Shane McMahon jumping off. I mean, I hate to go back to that every time, but, but dude, yeah, how do you how fake do you that? How do you fake that? Exactly. <laughs> like Jim Jim Ross. He's, he, Jim Ross. He is now with AEW, by the way. He, no. Yes. Then I'm sold. Yeah. He he you just nailed me. I remember they'd like the don't do this at home things. How do you learn to fall off a 20-foot ladder? I remember that used to be in every commercial Monday Night Raw whenever they yeah. have those. But like, it's true. Like, yeah, okay, we know who's going to win the match. All right. It's still our job to go put on a really good show. Now, and putting on a really good show... <laughs> It's a lot more entertaining when someone's out there like getting the hell beat out of them. It is, man. It's a, it's all a show. It's a, it's a gigantic world that they've created that that they're the they're the mm-hmm. the ringleaders of, man. Yeah. Like uh I don't know, who's your favorite uh ringleader? Vince McMahon or what was the guy from ECW that was so Paul Heyman. Paul God. Heyman. Man, that's up in the air. I I'd have to say Vince McMahon just because he's a lot more of an iconic figure. But Paul Heyman's great. Like <laughs> 
<laughs> Paul Heyman was really good. AEW doesn't have that. So, like, you know, WWE always had the, uh, and it the general manager. And you know, the, the, the evil GM of Raw or SmackDown. And then they had Vince McMahon as the evil boss. AEW has Tony Khan, and everyone knows Tony Khan works there and stuff. But he's really just, he's, he's not involved in all the storylines. He's very, he very rarely will get on the microphone and say anything. It leaves him a lot less chance for failure. Yeah. It, it, I mean, not saying that any of it's a failure, but it just leads him. I think it's just that he, he, yeah. I think his, honestly, it was that he wanted to, this is the boys' time. Let's put them on TV. I don't need to be on TV. I'm already established. Let's put them on. So, I mean, he owns the Jaguars. Dude, his whole family has a dynasty of money. So, like, he's good. He's helping develop more people. Do you think it's, do you think it's neat? I think it is anyway that wrestling now, and I wasn't aware until you, but AEW gives these independent wrestlers this chance to be in the mainstream at, along with their favorite superstars. I mean, that's a... Yes. That's crazy Especially cool, dude. Like it's, I told you about AEW Dark, the, the YouTube show where the, the yeah. locals get to go on to work. Like, uh, there's a... My roommate, his name's Marty. He went there the other day and worked, and he's he's already established in wrestling, but he hasn't made it to AEW, WWE levels yet. Actually, I said he was on WWE Tough Enough. I forgot to tell you that. I, I don't remember if he won That's or not, so but he was on Tough Enough with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's like, <laughs> so he's had a pretty good little run in wrestling, I'd say. But anyway, he got, to, let's use my other roommate. Her name's Diana. She is Samoan. She's married. Uh, I live with her and her husband. And um, they both went to Jacksonville this past week, and Diana got to work Shaquille O'Neal's girlfriend. Her name's Jade. What? And Jade follows me on Instagram. It's so cool. She's the sweetest girl ever. Like, <laughs> She, she's a monster, dude. Like, she is this huge, beautiful woman, and she has abs like bricks. And it's, she even had abs when she was pregnant, dude. <laughs> the the that's thing. weird. Yeah, that's just odd. I know. It's crazy <laughs> to see. But it's like, God, she is just so cool. And, yeah, Diana got to go work her on, uh, on Dark. So just getting to see people like, hey, I get to go live out my dream and do this stuff is what's really cool about AEW. And – Man, I'm Andrew talked about it on his golf episode about golf is one of the only sports that you can get to play where the pros play. Mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing that wrestling might be it's one of those. It's starting to get there. Do you think that's a good? Do you think that's a very positive thing? Yeah, like I mean, to an extent, it could have always been that way because, like, say you're an independent booker in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you're saying, okay, I'm going to book all these local guys. I'm going to bring in one big name. I'm going to bring in, you know, let's say, uh, we're going to bring in Billy Gunn. We're going to pay <laughs> Billy Gunn $5,000, going to put him in a hotel. He's going to come work the show in the main event, and he's going to work this really good stud guy who's from Tulsa. And then that stud guy, he's been working his butt off. He's earned the spot to go work in the main event with Billy Gunn. And then all the guys in the locker room also get to talk to Billy Gunn, yeah. and they get that experience of, you know, that's building the, of the community, yeah, man. Yeah, that's one of the coolest things that I've experienced was like I did some independent shows in Michigan, and I remember one of them had a guy named Enzo. His name was Enzo Amore. He worked with WWE, and uh, I think he got fired or quit or something, but he uh, he's a very good talker. He was very well-known, well and um, they brought him to that show, and the show itself was not that good. <laughs> it's on my <laughs> YouTube. We get there, and like I'm, this is like my fourth wrestling match I've ever had, and I get there, and the dude, we, me and the guy talked like all week long. This is going to be our match. We like rehearsed. We had it recorded, not recorded. Like We had the notes. Like We're going to do all this because we're so green. Didn't want to screw anything up. We get there, and the dude says, hey, uh, the ropes we brought don't work for this ring, so we're not using ropes tonight. Wrestling rings have ropes. <laughs> and so... Basically, ropeless match. ropeless match. So it turned more into like 
Bloodsport, the Kumite, turned into that kind of platform versus a wrestling ring. So it looked so stupid, and our match was so bad. But finished it, was so angry. Get backstage, and there's Enzo Amore. And I'm like, hey, bro, let's talk. And so he just kind of gave me some insight on you know, his coming up in the business. Do you, is the, uh, the personal interactions, are those what have gotten you the farthest in the wrestling world? Yes. Like, I'm... I'm a good person and I try to build connections and I don't come off as like a huge douchebag when I talk to people. So that really does that right there helps a lot. You just build connections. And so if you're a likable person, you're going to do a lot better than if you're an asshole. Like, absolutely, man. Yeah, I, that's pretty much any field, any but, field, but the rest, I, I just would have never imagined how uh, personable the wrestling world is. If that makes sense, like, how much you've already gotten to meet, man. That's crazy. Yeah, you like, just I'll have all these step. guys with me. Like everywhere I go, like whenever we work NWA for the ring show, ring ring crew, I'll have six, eight guys with me, and only like two of us are memorable. Like, oh yeah, those were the two guys that we talked to with the ring crew. It's because we're going out, we're making connections, we're building relationships. Yeah, dude, a handshake goes a long way. Uh-huh. Handshake and a conversation right there. <laughs> Letting them know that you're not a fanboy, even though I'm sitting next to Molina. Like, I have a video. I uh, I'm, It was a Snapchat I sent to my buddy, and I'm like, I'm sitting upstairs at the hotel lobby. They bought us a hotel room and put us up there with the wrestlers, and I'm at a That's fire cool. pit on the roof. I pull it up. There's the fire pit. Right on the other side is Molina. Right to the left of me is Chris Masters. And right to the left of me, like sitting right next to me, is Nick Aldis, the, the NWA yeah. world champ. <laughs> and I'm like... There's like five people on the roof, and I'm like, it's just us. And Chris Masters and Molina alone, I used to watch them as a teenage boy, and like just thought they were so cool. And man, that that's the mo- that's the moment thing. Yeah, that's that goes back to like reflecting and like where have I come from, where I am now, kind of thing. Do you think that do you think wrestling is your one true like what you're supposed to do? Yes, hundred percent. Like, I. Man, like it's it's ruined relationships for me. It's like I will put wrestling above anything else in life, and it's scary, but it's true. I think it's the coolest shit in the world, man. Mm-hmm. I, I I love it. Uh, okay. Here's a here's maybe a silly offbeat question. What's your thoughts on backyard wrestling? <laughs> so, uh, you brought it up without back the- to Michigan now. So, <laughs> during the yes. pandemic, you know, and even now it's hard to get venues and stuff. So. During the pandemic, you know, these promoters, they want their promotion to stay alive, so they're having to do backyard wrestling. That's what first, I First, I'm like, I'm getting asked to come do these wrestling shows. Like, man, you're ready. You know, we see you. You're you trained. You're good. You're ready. You're better than half these people. What on? So um, I'm like, thank you. I appreciate that, but I don't want to wrestle in a freaking backyard. I never, <laughs> never saw myself doing that. But I ended up taking two two bookings for backyard wrestling. One of them was, let's really just one, one backyard match. And then that was the one with the ropes, no ropes. <laughs> and uh, the other one was just an outdoor, like it was an, like kind of like an Elks Lodge in the parking lot. They just set it up outside because you can't rent the venue. So, so yeah, outside. Be outside. So yeah, that was really, but I did attend two more shows that were backyards and it's just, I respect everyone for doing it, but like me, like, and it's not that I'm too good for it. It's just not what I planned. Absolutely. I was just curious because yeah. I didn't know if that was an included part in the wrestling world or if backyard a wrestling was even have, more. Like very many have, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's like musicians. Like you got to play some shitty bars before you're playing Madison Square Garden. Oh yeah. And I don't know. I just didn't know about the backyard wrestling scene. Are those the more... How do you get to the intense matches? The mankind bleeding so, all over your... Those were the main events of the backyard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the backyard shows. Um, 
I personally won't do those. Like they, uh, the hardcore, <laughs> I wouldn't either. I don't either, mind man. a hardcore match. I don't mind getting hit with a chair or something. But when it's like light bulbs and barbed wire and all that stuff, I'm not doing it. I got a pretty face. Like uh, <laughs> I'm not sacrificing all this. Like I work hard so my muscles look good, not so they're scarred up. So um, anyway, like I uh, don't blame you. I, I go to these. I've got friends that do them, and they pay well. That's the thing. They, the reason, like the reason people do these matches, like hey, you can make you know ten bucks in a hot dog if you do a regular wrestling match, or if you're lucky. Or I've, I've been not paid more than I've been paid, but like, you know, it's, it's reps, but, um, the guys who are going out there like, Hey, before I go out there and I, you know, get stabbed in the face or get hit with a weed eater, uh, which I've seen <laughs> before that happens, uh, I want $50 and, uh, you know, a bunch of band-aids. Like that's the deal they'll cut. That's insane. Sometimes, you know, $50, $200, whatever it is, but they're getting paid more than the rest of the card because they're out there getting cut, getting they- cut. Yeah. So. What's the craziest thing you've seen in person happen? Cut, maybe not cut wise, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. craziest object used. Craziest one. <laughs> uh, let's see. One time in training, this isn't a crazy, too crazy. But one time in training, this girl gave me a a, a butterfly suplex, and it's basically like I bend over, put my hands like this, and she kind of picks me up from above and just throws me over her, and she throwed me over, threw me over her, and didn't bring me to the side, bring me right over. And I landed right on her face, and her face just gashed right down the middle. Oh my! And she's tough. That girl is. Her name's Bashley. What's she call herself? Bash Bashley something. Her name's Ashley. And uh, the girl is freaking tough. Like she was a derby skater, and she literally gets up. Blood is pouring down her face. She clearly needs like stitches or something. And I think she super glued it. But she was like, "No, I'm good. We can keep going." She like wipes her face. <laughs> it's still pouring. And she's like, "I'm good. You know, don't worry about me." Like she is that tough. She. Really would have been fine just like wiping it, holding it, and just going out there and doing it. But then like, yeah, that's just training. That. that that's that's her. Like she is tough. Like me, if I get cut, I'm like, oh, stop. Let me go take care of this. I'll be back twenty minutes. Um, you know, craziest things in matches I've seen. Uh, oh my god, I've seen some people get dropped on their head, and it scares me. Like I I fell on my own head a couple of weeks ago trying to do a uh, split legged moonsault. I'll show you the video. But um, that's, what does that move? Like Rob Van Dam used to do it. He'd jump yeah. up on the ropes, do the splits, do a backflip, moonsault on his person. Uh, I tried it and just fell straight back on my head. <laughs> oh, so my I've God. I've seen people like one day uh, they were doing a superplex. That's, you know, top ropes, yeah. do a superplex. They uh, they went off, and the dude didn't jump. So he just kind of fell forward and just spiked head first. And it's one of those like, he just killed him. He's dead. And nope, he's fine. He gets right back up. Like somehow he walked it off. Those are the scary ones, man, like. Yeah. tombstone dude yeah tombstone you got it protected because <laughs> you're holding them and stuff but like sometimes like you know people just take bumps incorrectly and you're thinking like this is it I, those moves right there scare me a lot more than just like a freaking you know razor blade job like those those I, will get me way worse do you think that you have one of the craziest uh insights in wrestling being being that you're a safety guy so <laughs> how does that play in? Have you told people into, that you're a safety yeah, guy? Like uh, we always have to like, you know, set up the lighting around the ring. You always have to like set up the props and stuff. And I will always see people working in like scissor lifts, not tied off man lifts, not tied off working from a ladder, 15 feet in the air, standing at the top. Where are they going to fall to? Like just, I always see construction safety and all these things that are happening. And like, some of the guys who will work there, you know, they'll be wrestlers and they'll be actual construction guys. So they're like, hey, screw you, safety guy. And they'll, like, talk crap to me. And, like, they know, like, we're buddies and all, but they're just saying screw you because you're safety. Safety guy. Yeah. That's just a really cool – I would I would never 
Yeah, I've had a lot of people say you should get like a safety gimmick in wrestling. I'm like, you know how stupid that sounds coming out with a vest and a hard hat? Like, yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out with a vest and a hard hat. I'm yeah. not going to say that a lot of child's heroes are going to be the guy in the, yes, in the exactly. hard hat. Yeah, exactly. Like, but it's a good thought. I'd fit in well if they had like a village people gimmick. <laughs> then, uh, I don't know. Wrestling's a cool I I hope it does make a very strong resurgence. I hope I can see you on TV. I I'm going to be checking out AEW a lot. Like I, I'm one of those people. I kind of I set goals. I kind of know what what's ahead of my life. Like I know what I have to do to reach those goals. So I know I'll get there eventually. It's like I got to do all these other things to get there. You got to get in really good shape. You got to study. You got to practice. You got to just better yourself every day. And then you'll get there. Not to sound corny, man, but enjoying the process is the hardest and the most fulfilling part of the whole day. Yes, the hardest. Because when you get there, you're there. Yeah. How yeah. we've talked about being in that moment that you've made it. Uh huh. Well, then you made it. Yeah. Now you're looking back and you're like, man, that was great. I, I did that stuff. Like, you're I, like, I remember like when I was a kid, I went to military school for a summer. The whole time there, I hated it. At the end of it, I'd lost 15 pounds, and I looked back and I was like, I really learned a lot there, and that helped me a lot. So it's one of those things. Like, you know, I'm sure people go to the Marines, go to the SEALs, whatever. They're hating their life, but afterwards, they're like, that was worth it. I'm glad I did that. Unbelievably thankful for it. Mm hmm. Those are the kind of things I, I'm trying to get people to to hear about, man. Yeah. They're, they're powerful. It's, it's a crazy deal. Mm-hmm. Setting a goal and then getting there. Yeah. My, when I was a little kid, my grandma always told me, set your goals. Like, get a journal. Write your goals down. Like, I, I'm pretty – I'll hear people say, write your goals down every single day. That way you're constantly thinking of them every day. I'm not going to lie. I don't write my goals every day. I might write them once a month. But um, I always think about what my goals are. They help you get places. There's no doubt about it, yeah. man. They helped you get to wrestling. I can't wait to see what you're gonna bring back next time, man. Oh yeah, I'm so stoked. I'll have some stories. I can't. I can't wait for you to get back to Oklahoma, man. Dude, I'll let you know next time I'm in town. We'll have to do this again. Absolutely, Ryan. Dude, thanks for coming in the studio again. Yeah, Seriously, I'm you. honored. We'll have more wrestling content on oh, here we soon. Will. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, guys, thanks for listening. This is your host Cecil Brown. We got Ryan in the studio today. Guys, have a good night.